Hey, Howard Jacobson here with another COVID-19 episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. Today is, uh, what, 391, and it's day 12 of the South African lockdown. And we're doing okay. Um, we still haven't heard anything from the State Department definitive about flights out. I saw a newspaper article yesterday that uh, Britain has now chartered a bunch of flights, I think seven flights, either from Cape Town or Johannesburg, to get all of their people home. And there's a website that people can go to, British citizens can go to, to uh, get on that list. And still still nothing from the Americans. So uh, we, we waited out another day here in uh, what, what really is turning into a very <laughs> lovely fall. Uh, we went out shopping yesterday. We got... Uh, some small dark red or black grapes, um, got another head of garlic, and what else? Uh, some apples that back home I would probably have composted because they're pretty mealy, but here um, fruit is kind of scarce. So, uh, you know, my, my, my taste buds have adapted um, to mealy apples, not so sweet, just like uh, my taste buds adapted when I uh, adopted a whole food plant-based diet. And after a few weeks, things that had been cardboard bland were now delicious. So we uh, we adapt. And, you know, the other reason we're doing okay is, frankly, people have been really wonderfully generous. So there, I have sort of three ways in which I'm asking for funding for money while we're here on this extended lockdown and my business is locked down in the States. Uh, one is just I'm, I've announced a tip jar and people have been stepping up and making patri- patronage pledges on a monthly basis or just one times to help me get through. And a lot of them are saying, hey, this is, you know, don't thank me publicly. Let this just be anonymous. Um, and because of the, all that generosity, we're, we're doing okay. We're keeping our heads above water here, even as the days turn into weeks. Um, we're almost coming up on a month now since we, uh, left the United States. So I I really want to appreciate, uh, the generosity of all the folks who have, um, put a tip in the tip jar. And I guess that's what I want to talk about today is um, generosity, because I'm seeing and hearing about all sorts of generous actions, generous impulses, generous policies. And it's at a time when, you know, we are in a global human crisis. And so to see these stories, to see um, companies you know, turning over their their uh, expert manufacturing uh, brains to speeding up masks, or uh, JetBlue delivering healthcare workers wherever they're needed. You know, co- certainly companies. You know, we can we can certainly get into uh, you know this uh, sort of you know do gooder porn where we have real problems. You know, like people don't have health insurance, and then someone steps up and pays for an operation. And we can get so caught up in the generous act that we forget to be outraged at a situation in which the generous act is the only way that uh, the justice can be done. 
but you know this isn't this uh epidemic uh as far as we know is not caused by humans it's uh ravaging everyone and so when i see generous impulses that i don't directly see tied to someone's bottom line uh i applaud and we see it not just with big corporations we see it with governments we see it with states so I think California um, doesn't need the ventilators now, so they sent a bunch of them to New York State. Uh, and certainly individuals are doing really wonderful things for each other. It reminds me a little bit about of, of 9-11. I was in Manhattan on, on that Tuesday, and it was awful. It was terrible. And people, and I was, you know, I walked, all the, all the public transportation was shut down. I was down at... Uh, I think Park and 43rd, we were looking out the window at the at the Twin Towers burning, and then we saw one collapse, and I heard all the sirens, and then I tried to walk uptown to my sister's um, on 96th, and all through the city, all you could see was people helping each other, comforting each other, soothing each other. The stores were open, just giving things away. If people needed, if people needed water, a place to sit. Um, we know that uh, that collective trauma and tragedy can bring out the worst in people, and can also bring out the west, the, the west in us, the best in us. Um, and I've heard a lot of commentators talking about this coronavirus transition, where we get to choose what kind of world we want to live in and who we want to be as uh, as we turn the corner. Um, do we want to go back to the way things were, or do we want to live from a more generous, heartfelt place? So uh, talk about generosity. And I guess when I first started thinking about it, like my definition was, well, I've got more than enough so I can share. And so generosity felt to me like an overflowing. Um, but that immediately brought up a paradox, which is in general, in studies, uh, poor people tend to be more generous than rich people in terms of the percentage of their uh, net worth that they give away to other people. Um, there have been really interesting studies about people crossing the street and cars either honking or trying to uh, get them to go faster. And the uh, more expensive the car, the, the less empathy that the driver has and the more they just want to get that person out of their way so they can keep going. Um, and interestingly, it's almost like when we feel pinched ourselves, when we, uh, come to a place of peace about it, we, I think we become more generous. The, the more we feel pinched, the more, uh, we give. And I think there is a wonderful psychological reason for that, which is that when you are giving to someone else, you can't feel poor yourself. Doing an act of of charity, of kindness, of a gift, of generosity, signals to yourself that you have abundance, that you have more than enough so you can share, that in some ways you are overflowing. And when we come from a place of abundance, from overflowing. Um, I think our brains interact with the world in a, in, in a different way. Uh, Carolyn Webb talks about in her book, How to Have a Good Day, the uh, 
discover, defend axis. So when we're feeling put upon, when we're feeling a lack, a scarcity, then we automatically, our brains become defensive and we simply don't notice stuff that we would notice uh, opportunities, things to discover, things that can actually make our lives better. Um, I'm blanking on the researcher's name, but there's a, a researcher who studies luck, luck in, in human life. And he does it, one of, one of the experiments is to bring a bunch of people into a, a lab setting and ask them, give them a questionnaire to determine whether they feel like they're a lucky person or not. And so let's say for the sake of ease, we divide the, uh, the group into two. One group says, yes, I'm lucky. The other group says, no, I'm not lucky. Then he gives them a task like a section of newspaper and asks them to count the number of photos. And if they get it right, they'll get paid. And the quicker they do it, the more they'll get paid. And on the second page in a box in big letters, it says there are 43 photos in this section of newspaper. You don't have to count them. Just tell the researcher. And the people who considered themselves lucky saw that much more than the people who didn't. So for them, luck was a matter of looking for opportunities, looking for things that were in the environment. It wasn't like they were actually luckier. It wasn't like they got the newspaper that had this call-out box and the other people didn't. Luck was a matter of their relationship with their environment, which was mediated by their interpretation of their own status. Yeah, I'm a lucky person. Yeah, I've things might be hard right now, but I have something to give. All right, so the first thing that I did after I started freaking out about being stuck in Africa, paying uh, vacation money as well as a mortgage at home and not being able to do any of my other work, my first thought was, oh my God, what am I going to do? My calm down thought after going for a run and meditating was there's a lot of people in a lot worse situation than I am. Maybe if I start podcasting every day, it'll help some people. So actually, this podcast going from weekly to daily has been an impulse of generosity. It really took me a few days to even think about, hey, I could mention the tip jar. And then people who are, you know, feeling abundant themselves, feeling like they have something to to gift me in return, um, can do so. But, you know, if I if this had been like a calculated effort, I'm, how am I going to make some cash while I'm here? Um, I don't think it would have worked. I don't think it would have gotten the response that this, you know, a, an honest generosity has. And, you know, it's nice that I've backed it up with the uh, seven years of free podcasts without taking advertising, without um, really promoting much of our own stuff. I'll mention, you know, a new Wellstar Health cohort or a new book that Josh and I did, or I'll mention the retreats and and things like that. Um, but essentially, this has been a labor of love for me, doing this podcast and producing material to help people become healthier and happier. And in my moment of need, people responded. It was almost like that the, um, you know, my kids will see, I'll say, hey, I got another um, tip jar donation yesterday. And they're shaking their heads like, wow, people really like you. 
you know, it's, it's kind of hard for adult kids necessarily to see their parents as someone with uh, good qualities. That <laughs> um, they're, you know, they're amazed. And I am delighted. It's almost like these seven years have supersaturated a solution. And now in my hour of need, um, you know, it's it's coming full circle. And I, I don't say that to in any way um, undermine the fact that people are being incredibly generous with me. Uh, and so I can, I can only imagine, you know, the people who still have jobs, uh, who are not underemployed or unemployed, are grateful, and they uh, are leveraging that gratitude in ways that help me, and I think also help them. Right. So, you know, there's definitely benefits to being generous. Um, and we talked about the one where if you're generous, you're much more likely to live and operate on the discover end of the discover defend axis. And therefore, you will stumble upon resources and opportunities that others that if you were just in defend mode, just feeling really scared and tight, you probably would ignore would miss or would evaluate as too risky to even take a chance. But also being generous, you know, allows you to feel connected to others as long as it's in the form of a sort of an honest gift with no expectation. Um, so there have been people who've bought the, the product I made, the uh, guided relaxation exercises for the homebound and stressed out. And I made that pay what you can because I wanted everyone who needed it to be able to have it. And so most people have gotten it for $0, which makes me very happy because I'm, I'm telling myself these are people who would not be able to afford it. Th things are really tight for them right now as they are for many of us. And so if it's a good product and it helps them, then I am privileged to be able to uh, to participate in that, right? It feels really good. It feel, I feel like, like I'm really connected to the people who are listening to this product, who are getting helped by it. And some of them are emailing me and saying thanks, and most are not. And that's still fine. Because when I record an audio or relaxation exercise, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about the person uh, who needs it. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about myself, because I need it. All right, so we can feel connected. And when it is an honest gift, and there's no quid pro quo, and you know, especially the people who are requesting to be anonymous are not doing this for any sort of public recognition. Um, there is just helping. It's 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 like the the barrier, the the division has been broken down between the helper and the helpy, between the person who is doing the helping and the person who is the recipient. Um, and it feels natural um, rather than a sacrifice. Right? It feels like this is the default way to be rather than something grudging or something that I have to worry about. So me doing the podcast, I mean, it's, you know, it's basically an hour out of my day for, uh, for everything, including the, the recording, the uploading, um, 
the, the producing, writing everything out and promoting it on all the social media and then responding to comments and checking comments and all that. Um, it feels like a natural thing for me to be doing. And the places where I have been generous here, helping out other people, helping neighbors, um, volunteer at the online free counseling site um, to answer questions people who are struggling. Actually, being generous from my perspective is kind of the most interesting thing I'm doing. It feels really good to take my focus off myself and my problems, my family's problems. And at the same time, now I'm a recipient of generosity, of financial generosity. So I have plenty of ideas, I have plenty of kindness inside me, but love funds. It's a recipient of generosity. It means that I can get the resource and actually use it in useful ways. It's just like here, I'm just putting my problems in the video. Last I heard, it's a little bit different than anyone in the world But also, feeling connected to people who are being generous and also feeling humble. Like, this is a little bit of a hard thing for me to do, to admit that I need help and to be able to do it and sit with that feeling. Uh, and not initially, and not that feeling, oh, I am the, the lower one and I need, I need to supplicate to receive something. No, like, yeah, there is that. There's definitely part of my ego that is a fault that I'm uh, talking about the charge every day. Um, but there's another part of me that, again, there's no helper or healthy, there's just a flow. And if I want to other people to accept my generosity, then I have to model that myself. And of course, there's many ways to be generous without, you know, beyond money, of course, time, there's quality, energy, attention, you give people, they're sharing creativity, you know, here in lockdown. Um, creativity in my family is a very valuable commodity, it's one of the things we do, we play this game, um, you know, we're at the shop and have all the games away, um, and you know, it's just a scrabble. Um, you know, think about our rules of scrabble. Um, we can generous with our presence when someone's in pain, be able to sit with it, do it without having to run away or try to shut them down. And also, our presence can help validate. Like, there are a lot of days where I'm like, how did I get this? I really think this was going to happen. Um, but I really believe this was not possible. Like, it's your fault. You know, you should have seen this coming. Maybe that's true. But also, feeling people's presence um, in conversations, social media, say that none of us knew what was going to happen. And I feel a little bit validated that, yeah, that's more after all. And I think we share our wisdom. We're going to talk a while back about the fact that those of us who have experienced trauma in our lives kind of step up. We, uh, we've got herd immunity. That we can uh, immunity we can spread to herd. Tell other people we can resilient and fix trauma. And one of the great resilience vectors is generosity. It's each of us seeing ourselves the capacity to, to handle the future and, and to see that we have extra resources. So for some that might be money, for some that might be wisdom, for some that might be presence, for some that might be a smile, for some that might be advice or personal recipe or a game or here's a fun craft you can do with your kids. Uh, but in this time of enforced physical distancing, generosity is a really powerful lever of community. And can bring souls together and can bring souls together in a discovery mode as opposed to within mode. So again, I thank all of you who have been generous. Um, I will keep the URL at the charge, just slash gift, G I F T, all lowercase. And I'll just mention again, guided by the exercises for the home down stressed out, you can find that at playingstop.com slash unstress, and that's pay what you can, including zero. So don't let, uh, you know, if you want it, you're like, no, I can't pay zero for it. Remember, this is a chance for me to be generous, and it is a blessing to, uh, to give me the opportunity to share something of value uh, without an expectation of return. And finally, the audiobook of Use the Weight to Lose the Weight, which Josh and I wrote together, Josh Lajani, is now available on audio with Josh reading it. And you can find that at sicktofit.com slash badass. And now if you are using PayPal, you will there's a glitch. You will not get your download right away. But I'm checking email every three hours or so, and so you won't have to wait long unless it's my nighttime. But as soon as I uh, get to email and I see that you made a PayPal purchase of $9.95 for the book, I will go into the shopping cart and manually fix it so that it will then be on its way to you. So thanks again for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. And as always, be well, my friends.